This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time. And as promised in the daily financial news this morning, June 30th, I wanted to do a second live stream. I want to do a second live stream to talk about the housing slowdown that is already started and I think we'll be picking up as we get into the second half of the year. I wanted to kind of break down supply and break down demand. And as I was putting this video together, it really has come to my attention that the perfect storm, the perfect storm that we saw that was 2020 on the supply demand equation, all of it, all of it is reversing now. And in some part of the country, it will reverse hard. We may have some micro markets that actually have price drops as we get to the end of the year or next year. I don't see a national crash. Won't say it. Don't see it. But that doesn't mean there couldn't be a hot market or two that cools off. But before we get into peeling apart the perfect storm, I wanted to congratulate two more people for closing deals. We had two this morning, two new ones this afternoon. Shweta, congratulations. And Nick, congratulations. Your cards will go out with the two from this morning. So, uh, folks, uh, we're doing really well. Uh, on this 500 challenge. Uh, but let's get into what this is supposed to be about, and that is the housing slowdown. In order to do this, I'm going to walk through the perfect storm that led to 15% national appreciation, and we're going to talk about variables. And then you and I are going to talk about how they're reversing right now. So first, let's start with supply. Supply starting last year, probably March, April, to say it contracted, to say it shrank, to say people were put their lives on hold is an understatement. A lot of the would-be move-up buyers that would have traded in 2020, uh, they would have sold one, bought one, didn't sell, right? We were scared of each other, right? Don't touch my stuff. Don't come in. We're told not to be in groups. Horrible messaging, but basically don't talk to anybody, right? Don't be in the room with anybody. So listings came down, right? Supply came down. Well, guess what? It's now 16 months later. Generally speaking, we're opening back up. For heaven's sakes, even California is open. So people are starting to get interested. Right. The first thing they're going to do this summer is take a vacation without question. But I suspect those people that were on hold last year, maybe the first part of this year, we are going to see listings slowly increase. And lo and behold, it's already started. My buy box is already seeing more listings. My students buy box are already seeing uh, more listings. 
And to be clear, I think the market that is coming is going to be perfect for the investor who has done the work, right? If you if you have a buy box and you do the daily disciplines, you will be rewarded. So again, I think supply was constrained last year that led to 15% appreciation. And I think supply will be loosening up with more and more stuff. But here's the deal. This is going to be so obvious in many markets. Right now, if you're a seller, right? If you own a home and you want to sell, what have you been hearing for six months, eight months? You've been hearing the talking heads on media talking about 10 offers, 15 offers, people waiving appraisals, acceleration clauses, you know, all of those things. So unfortunately, the housing market is already changing, but the average seller doesn't know. If their house should sell at $199, they're probably going to list it at $219 or, heaven forbid, $229. So what we're going to see is listings come on, but they're going to be what I call overpriced. They're going to be reaching. Some of them will sell. Some markets are just that hot, or maybe it's that property. But a lot of stuff is going to sit. We are going to see inventory build and days on market build because sellers, sellers want too much. The market, the market in July is not the market in March. And that's why I was so disappointed with Case Schiller's numbers. He's talking about April. It's just a different market. It's a different market. So again, if you're a real estate agent and you are getting a listing, be very careful with that conversation with your seller because the market heading into July and August is very different than March. And um, you need to tell your sellers that because if the house should sell for $199 and you try $219 or $229 and you see crickets, then you're going to do a price drop. Then you're going to do a second price drop. And pretty soon it's a problem property. Another thing we've seen on the supply side, builders. Man, builders just retreated, right? Maybe they used to build 20 at a time. Now they build six. Some builders said, forget it. I'm going to build for rent and sell to Wall Street. Some builders said, you know what? Lumber's too expensive. We're going to lay the concrete pad and wait. Others said, we're going to, we're going to uh, cancel contracts and raise prices. Builders over the last 14 to 15 months have not built nearly enough. They haven't been satisfying demand. And hence, what they did have, what they did have available, got sold. And again, when we talk about supply going forward, lumber is down. Lumber is down 42% from the peak just in the month of June, likely headed lower, we could hope. Builders are starting to feel better. They have more confidence that the economy is opening up and that they could sell. They have proven that they can raise prices into the face of demand. So expect builders to ramp up actual production. Some of that does key on labor. A lot of builders, and I talked to several across the country, not enough, but I talked to a few builders, and they're telling me that laborers, trades, roofers, um, you know, just general painters and, and all of that, it's they don't have enough bodies. We there's more, they have more, they can take on more labor and they will be able to do more union units. Uh, so what I see coming with more listings, more overpriced listings, is I expect your buy box, whatever your investor's buy box is, 
and I'm already seeing this in my market as my students are, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to see more listings. They're going to stay there longer. So days on market will go from five days to 10 days to 20 days. You know, it'll expand. We will start to see price drops. And then what I expect happens because real estate is not like stocks. Stocks change, right, in a second. Crypto in a second. Real estate does not move that fast. Real estate's going to have price drops, but it'll be 20 days out, 40 days out, 60 days out. Also, you're going to have some sellers that, you know, again, should sell for 119, try 219. What they're going to say after 60 days is going to be like, my house is too special. We'll just stay. Nobody likes it. We'll stay. We won't move. And they'll just take their house off the market. So what that means for investors, and this is why I'm so excited for myself and for you, is you're going to be able to find the motivated sellers. The hardest thing to find in this business is a motivated seller. And when I started this business in 2002 to 2006, 7, 8, I couldn't find one. The boy, when the market turned, got a lot easier to find motivated sellers. Because again, unfortunately, I don't wish this on anybody, but divorces happen, jobs change happen. And sometimes you got to sell no matter what, even in a bad market, you got to you got to sell. But some some sellers will just pull it off. So again, I think what we're going to see on the supply side is we're going to go from what is right now 1.26 million available listings to one and a half to 1.7 to two to two and a half million. We could very easily be at two and a half to three million homes by the end of the year. Keep in mind that an average market is 3.3. So we won't quite be back to average, but we will be far closer to a normal supply market. Now let's talk about demand. Demand has also had a perfect storm in 2020. In 2020, what happened? First off, we got all scared, right? We stayed home. Then your employer said, go work from anywhere. And we're like, I don't like living in an apartment. I don't like big condo towers. I want a house with a backyard. I want to be out in the country. So we, what we created is a tremendous buying opportunity, right? If you were a class A renter, there was a very good opportunity that you could become a buyer. Even better, there was a good chance if you were renting in San Francisco for five grand a month, you could buy something and have a mortgage payment of 2300 a month. So you individually were better off financially. So we created an actually in a high rise was like working at home. There's no space. How can we both be on Zoom calls? We're killing the Wi-Fi. People, people moved. They moved to the suburbs, right? They moved to Napa or wherever they moved if they were in San Francisco. So again, we pushed people to buy. Second, we created a lot of reasons to have second homes. Another thing that was remarkably unfair about what we just went through, it was a K-shaped recovery. And I brought that up years ago, or at least a year and a half ago. And what the K-shaped recovery meant is if you were a high income earner, maybe in tech, uh, whatever, you could work from home. Maybe because you're not spending any money anywhere else because you can't go on vacation. You can't do anything. Honey, let's go buy a second home in Lake Tahoe or Utah or Texas or wherever. So we saw a lot of relocations. 
again, is that going to continue as we open up and you got to go back to the office? Hell no. Demand is going to go down. Another thing that's happening on the demand side is buyer fatigue. How many of you have written more than three or four offers and gotten bupkis? That gets annoying. A lot of you are like, screw it. I am not going to write any more offers. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to Disneyland, wherever you want to go. There's a lot of buyers that are just like, nope, we're done. We'll check back in September. People are going on summer vacation. I don't blame them. Absolutely, right? Forget this housing thing. I don't want to be the 17th offer again. And we're already seeing that in open houses. My friends are telling me all the time. Another thing that's happening on the demand side is rates are going to go up. The 30-year mortgage is going up. It may not go up a lot, but it's going to go up. And every time interest rates go up, there's a chance that you get a no answer from a bank. No answers from a bank means you are technically not a buyer, right? You do not. You may want to buy, but you can't buy. In addition to that, we are seeing that mortgage lenders are getting tighter. Uh, Fannie Mae or FHFA has already tightened up debt. Um, what debt to income, right? Debt coverage ratio, DCR, went from fifty to forty-three, something like that. We're already seeing higher requirements, more reserves. Again, banks are doing good or great loans, but unfortunately, that means some borrowers get left out. So again, we're going to have less qualified buyers. Also, we are going to get price drops. And you know what happens with price drops? Demand actually takes a step back because buyers expect other price drops. It's human nature. If they are looking to buy in San Francisco or LA or Boise or Austin or wherever, and they start start seeing price drops in their buy box, most buyers are like, whoa, the market's falling. I'm out of the way. And they will sit back and wait. No buyer wants to catch a falling knife. No buyer wants to do that. So at the end, demand is, uh, let's go to supply first. At the end, supply is going to go up. Supply is going to go from a pandemic low of 1 million, currently sitting about 1.26. It should hopefully get to 2 million by the end of July. At least that's what I keep telling myself because I called it like three months ago. It may not get there, but it'll get close. It'll ultimately get to 2.5 or 3 million by the end of the year. And then on the demand side, all the reasons of last year buying forward, you know, getting out, you know, the class A renter, getting out of the city, the second home buyer, that, that you know, executive, buyer fatigue, summer vacations, a lot of stuff in housing. The perfect storm that was 20 that drove up 15% national appreciation. All of them are reversing right now. They are all reversing at different rates in different cities. Again, I am not calling a housing crash. I don't want you to hear what I'm saying and hear housing crash. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying housing slowdown. I think there is a very good chance that the appreciation we see for 2021, the year we're in right now, right at the midpoint, has already happened. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's 7%. Maybe it's 8% for 2021. And the second half is zero. That's not a crash. I just think we got the appreciation early. 
So again, I'd love to hear from you. What are you seeing in your market? If you're one of my students, you know, have a buy box, look at it daily, 10 to 20 minutes, understand yield, understand average. I think what's going to happen in the second half is you're going to find those creative deals. Uh, if you follow my course on Sundays, we talk about this uh, goal of 500. My students have already done 50 deals uh, in 28 days, which is pretty awesome, I will say. Uh, so we're on our way to, to 500. So I thank you for watching. Again, we will do our daily financial news tomorrow at 730. Uh, I will tell you that there's a video coming out, I think at 530 today with Matt, the mortgage guy, where we do comparison, cash on cash or yield comparisons on buy and hold properties. Cash, 50% down, 25% down, 20% down. Very interesting discussion. We get to see when properties go negative, i.e. alligator. We get to see what positive carry is all about. Great interview. I really appreciate Matt, the mortgage guy, doing that with me. So look for that at 530. And of course, like, comment, subscribe. Help me get to 20,000. We're on the way. I'd love to get to 20,000 uh, subscribers by 4th of July. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and um, yeah, daily financial news tomorrow at tomorrow's Thursday. So tomorrow's at 7 a.m. Bye.